Subscribe to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Do not settle. Demand. Demand. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on demand. Going in for the shot. The shot is It's game day. for the Leafs and Capitals. John Tavares with the hat trick! This is the Leafs Morning Skate. Mitch Marner snaps it home! On Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, it is Leafs Morning Skate ahead of the Capitals' Leafs game tonight. Jeff Blair, Sean Mathias. Mark Savard. Just look at that. Look at it, you brazen cane and... Hammering Mike Babcock and calling for his firing. Oh, hey, I never said that. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding about you calling for his firing. (laughs) You're all over the place. Quite impressed. The uh, Leafs and Capitals played tonight at 7 o'clock on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Um, All right, well, let's, I mean, there's a a ton to talk about. Um, Starting with something, Mark, that you talked about yesterday in Good Show, and a a lot of people have talked about. You've got to deal with Austin Matthews' ice time here. Uh, and I mentioned earlier today that I understand that coaches always have access to more information about their team than the rest of us do. Usually, you know, they have a better idea who's sick, who's hurt, who's got the niggling injury, what the analytics are showing them. Having said all that, there's no way Austin Matthews should be limited to the ice time that he's getting right. It, It just doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. And you know what? At the beginning of the year when they were winning games easily, you know, and he was still getting 16, 18 minutes, this was all being swept under the rug. Everybody mm-hmm. in Toronto was happy. They were winning all the time. And I kept saying, I kept saying that, you know, I know they're winning and I and I know it's you can't go in and say, listen, I want to play more minutes because that doesn't look good on yourself. But I always thought he's got to be playing 20 minutes. I thought the whole visit this summer was to say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you're ready to take the next step. I want to get you out there. I don't want any more of this 30 shifts a game, 16 minutes stuff happening. And it seems to continue to happen. And and like we talked about off air, he's basically the second line center of this hockey team. Let's be honest. Yeah, he is. John Tavares' line has been the number one line all year with Marner and Hyman. And the minutes show that. Yeah, and he's getting paid to be a number one guy. I don't understand how Hyman's playing above him. Like 20 minutes last game, Brown's only two minutes behind Matthews. Four minutes more than Matthews is Hyman, though. I mean, you pay him to be your number one guy. He's He is your number one player. He's the first overall pick. He's young. He's going to be your franchise player for a long time, hopefully longer than five years. But I agree with you, Mark. He's got to be playing more. Okay, you guys played. What could be the reason for this? Like, we can sit here as, as, as I could sit here as an analyst and say, but you guys know how coaches work generally. And actually, I'll, Sean... What could be the reason for this? What Explain to me what Mike, and I don't want you to go into Mike Babcock's head, just in generally, why would a coach do this to a player? Do you think maybe it's him trusting him in his own end? I'm not sure, Mark. Like, we've had coaches, that you, you might be the most skilled offensive player, great on the power play, but they don't like you in their, your own end. They're not going to play you. I'm not sure if that's the problem. I see you, Matthew's going out there stripping guys with pucks. He's playing hard. He's a young player, obviously. There's still young mistakes out there, but, I mean... He's your franchise player. He can't be playing 16 minutes if it's mistakes in your own end. Well, I don't understand why he puts his fourth line out there for D-zone draws where they lose and get hemmed in. So if that's the problem, I mean, there's other issues there to talk about. So I'm not really sure what it is. It's confusing. That's definitely a good point. You know, maybe he doesn't trust him very much. But the other thing, too, is is Mike Babcock is still old school. We all realize that. So Mm -hmm. 
and to, he really hasn't come to the new era side. I, I think the guys this day compared to like when I started or or back in the day, we weren't in as great shape as the guys are now. Everybody's a robot now. You're 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 in four percent body fat, and you're you know you you can play those minutes. And other coaches have done that, have changed their mind, their concept, and playing their top guys twenty minutes plus a night. Yeah, maybe they don't have the depth the Leafs do, mm-hmm. but even on the other night, St. Louis, Kadri goes down early. You know, you think there's a, there's a bright spot that yep. Matthew's going to get 22, maybe 24 minutes. It's not going to hurt him later on down the road. It's one game. He's missed 14 this year, but again, he comes out, like you said, Hyman fills his role, plays extra minutes. Matthews comes out of the game at 18 minutes. They lose it 3-2 in overtime. So I just want to make sure, and, and Mike Backhoff doesn't have to go in every period and say, oh, he played seven, and they, you know, we want to just play him, mix him in. You know what? Take Freddie Goche off the fourth line the odd time. Roll Matthews in that position. Mm-hmm. Give him an extra look here and there. And I know the fourth line guys love that too. You don't think Ennis would love to play with Matthews oh, the odd yeah. time? Oh, yeah. Mix him in. So those are things, little ways that Mike Babcock can get him more involved. And not to mention, Kadri played four minutes of that game. The goal played seven. There's 11 minutes right there, and he's still playing 16 minutes. Doesn't make sense. I know JT's doesn't. probably his number one guy because he had him in Team Canada, and he's probably right behind Crosby when he plays on Team Canada. But still, I mean, Matthews is the future. He's young. You can tell he wants to be out there. He wants to puck on a stick. Like, I just don't get it. And you know what I found frustrating against St. Louis as well is that was a game where Austin Matthews did go into the dirty areas. He was in front of the goal. Like, he was engaged in that second. First period, first period, they weren't very good. But he was engaged in the second period. And I'm watching that game thinking, this is the game where you give him extra ice time because he was. And, uh, he was going in front of the net, and he was doing all that stuff. The perfect opportunity to do it. And you're right. I, all I kept seeing was, you know, Nylander out at center, and then I, I saw the fourth line going out intact. Um, and your point is well made, Mark. It, we had Tra- Michael Trakos on this morning. He said the same thing. It's not like this is an old team. It's not like this is a team like the team tonight, Washington, that won the Stanley Cup, so they were playing till the end of June or wherever the hell it was. This is a young team for the most part, and they're probably not going to wilt under the pressure of – couple of extra shifts in the last week of February. That's exactly. what I don't get. You're not going to run this guy down. Right. You know, the only thing that's going to happen with Austin Matthews when he gets 22 minutes a night or 20, he's going to become more consistent. He's going to get more looks. He's going to come more reliable. He's going to feel more confident. He's going to feel like the coach trusts him. I think only things that can happen if he gets more minutes is he can benefit from this, and the Leafs can too. Do you think maybe it's because – Babcock's thinking if we do get the playoffs, they don't have the depth on that fourth line to run four lines in playoffs. He's maybe thinking, let's rest Matthews now a little bit. I wouldn't do that personally. I agree with everything you're saying, Mark, but maybe that's the thought process, thinking playoff time, we need him fresh. But, I mean, you still got JT going out there playing 20 minutes. You need him mm-hmm. fresh too. So, Well, it, the other thing is you think back to last year's playoffs, and, and I complained about it last year in the playoffs. That, that never happened, and he didn't have right. any depth. So you thought he would have thrown out. And you know what he did against Boston last year? Every time Bergeron came over the boards, he would haul Matthews off. If Matthews was on the ice caught in a face-off situation, whatever sign he gave from the bench, Matthews would take the draw and go off. So last year in the playoffs, he was averaging like 34 shifts a night playing mm-hmm. 16 minutes. And look at a team like Winnipeg who's got – Wheeler passing to Shifley, a young centerman who's having a great season, great couple seasons, but he came into the league and they put Wheeler on his line, someone that can give him the puck. And Matthews doesn't really have that guy who can give him the puck. Captain's been playing really well, but he throws a lot of pucks in net. Mm-hmm. I find Matthews, is, we talked about this yep. last week, about how Matthews is more setting him up and nobody's setting him up. So I feel like they're just putting him in a little bit of a lose-lose situation. He's better than, I mean, he could be right up there with goals with the injuries and everything, but 
I mean, there's nobody passing like Nylander was the first two years. You don't have that Wheeler giving the puck to Shifley. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a young player learning from an older guy too. And in saying that, I, I agree 100% with you. And and early in the year, I, when, when Nylander was back and he wasn't at his best, they tried that Nylander... Matthews captain line, which I think that should be the line. And they they scored in their first shift together. I don't know if you remember, Mm -hmm. but then the next two shifts, they gave up two against and they have not seen each other since. But like you said, Matthews is a score first type center. He wants to score goals like Shifley. He doesn't have a playmaker on either side. So that makes it difficult for him. I think they got to get Nylander back in that spot and, and try Kapanen up there. I think that's a line that's just waiting to go. 100%. How do you, like the first game too, right? He's been skiing with guys with masks and everything. He's not going to be ready. I think right now Nylander's right there. He's wanting the puck in. He looks confident. Try that line again. I agree with you. But take Marlowe off it and put Nylander there. Sometimes you take your six best forwards. You make two your top two lines out of them, and you just go. Yeah, like I don't. Wherever they got to play, I mean, they're yeah. all skilled enough. And yeah. then they, and I hate when they talk about the right-handed defenseman stuff. These guys growing up, Muzzin, you don't think in minor hockey was his best defenseman on his team, so he played the offside. Well, so all these guys, and he moves them laterally anyhow during the game. You watch him hitting the power play. He's shifting down the blue exactly. line. Exactly. So these guys up front, same thing. You don't. You put your top six together, wherever they fit in, they'll play that position. They'll make it work, and it'll be interesting. But not, uh, Nylander tonight, unfortunately, he does have to play center. Right. Kadri's out of the game, so that'll be an interesting look, too, tonight. Um, what have you seen shifting focus a little bit? Nylander's game is getting better. I think we all agree with that. And what, what particular aspect of, the, of his, his game has improved, though? lately what 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 are you seeing that that explains this well i just think more involved right he's back he's more involved and he's and he's got his win like he's skating better his his you know he he's fast he's taken off his 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 confidence is kind of coming up he's had some points lately you know he's building that confidence we all know scoring guys if they don't score or get assists you know their their confidence slips i i agree to that i was one of those guys that if i wasn't helping the team offensively I wasn't helping the team at all. So he seems to have gotten in a bit of a groove. And I think once Kadri heals from this concussion, I my first move, especially with playoffs around the corner, they really have no stability in their lines right now. They got one line that they know mm-hmm. it's going to play together, and that's the Tavares, Marner, Hyman line. Otherwise than that, it's been a it's been a throw him in the hat type thing lately. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think Nylander's got his game back. I think he's getting more comfortable too. Now he's starting to settle down. He's feeling probably better in the room. And confidence. I mean, he's playing 200-foot game now. He's going through the middle of the ice with his head up, wanting the puck, skating hard. And he wasn't doing that at the beginning. He was kind of like lolling around and just kind of playing through the motions. Now you see him in the play. He's going in the crowd. He's celebrating with his teammates harder. It's it's nice to watch, and I agree. He needs to be back on that line because he's buzzing around there now. It's Matthias Savard and Blair at his Leafs morning skate. We have a uh, pair of tickets to give away for the Leafs and uh, Oilers game next Wednesday. We'll do it. Uh, in the next segment. You mentioned Nazem Kadri. Of course, he is out with a concussion, uh, sustaining the concussion, the concussion, I believe, about four minutes into the game. Um, we saw earlier in that road trip uh, Andreas Janssen go out after a knee-on-knee or a knee-on-thigh hit. Um, guys, Nick Kiprios, after, between the second and third period of the St. Louis game, again, as Nick has done for a long time, talked about how essentially teams are taking liberties with the Leafs. They're taking runs at the Leafs players. We know the game has changed. We know how it is now. But I'll ask you guys. You guys have been out in the ice. When you see that, does that suggest to you that that the Leafs do need to, they need to add somebody who's going to give them a little pushback? And, and Sean, I mean, we've got Tom Wilson coming in tonight, so it's probably going to be a talking point tomorrow anyhow. Yeah, 100% they do. You look in uh, the second period there, O'Reilly's poking the goalie and Zaisev just goes over and says, how you doing, buddy? Don't worry about that. And, you know, they need some toughness. They need someone to get in guys' faces. And there was also, I was just going to point out, that in, 
it, it didn't get a lot of attention at the time. But you watch Bortuzzo. Bortuzzo took a couple of runs. He took a run at, at Gautier. And he fights his own game. teammates, too, in practice. <laughs> <and get laughs> but I mean, deals after. there was no pushback yeah. at all there. There has to be. I mean, like I said, you can't touch your goal. You can't hit your top players. Kadri's a 30-goal scorer two years in a row, and guys are taking runs. He took two big hits in that first period mm-hmm. before he was out. So they need some grit. They need some toughness because come playoff time, you go play Boston or something. What are they going to do? They're just going to – you can't hide out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree fully. They, they, they would, it would help them to insert. And, and my big thing, is there a right-handed center out there with some grit? Because I think they need a right-handed face-off man too mm-hmm. that would help down the stretch because they got all the lefties up the middle. Um, and, and I think that that'll help them. But, yeah, there's never going to be another Tom Wilson. The thing that Tom Wilson brings to the table that no one else does is you don't know what he's going to do, right? He's, he's, he's gone, been suspended a ton of times. Guys are aware when he's on the ice because he, he might take a run at you with your head down and coming across. So there's really no other Tom Wilsons. But it would benefit the Leafs to inject a bit of, of muscle maybe on defense through an Adam McQuaid, who I've talked mm-hmm. about earlier, who I really like. Uh, maybe a Radko Gudis. And there's a guy that, you know, you don't know what he's going to do. He just took another suspension too. So those guys are valuable, the guys that you don't know which which way they're going to go. I mean, I would think one of the one of the problems would be this team is so fast. You you have to get a guy who's capable of keeping up with his teammates, right? To, well, that's in, huge. In order to do this. That's I mean, huge. You can't yeah. just get somebody who's out there because he's tough and then have him taking penalties or getting getting caught behind the play. I like Simmons. I think he'd be a oh, good yeah. fit, really good fit on that bottom six. Yeah, but I, don't, you, don't you think that just the price for him is going to be so much? Well, seeing the prices, yeah, already, that the least specially paid for, for uh, Muzzin already, yeah, yeah the, uh, we don't know. But we got to wait for these first balls to drop, per se, the, you know, the Stone Duchesne era, to see how good of a, of, a, of a get back they get on those guys. So the league's waiting on that. All these mm-hmm. teams are waiting to see what happens there so they can make their moves. And, and uh, the Leafs aren't really going to be going after, I don't think, another big name. Yep. But they got to pick out something that they can have. Maybe it's a, a Simmons and a, and a Gudis together. Hopefully that would be a great pickup for the Leafs. It certainly seems as if your former team is going – I don't think they're going to stop at Charlie Coyle. I mean, I like that pickup, but – they're not going to stop at Charlie Coyle, are they? No, especially the way they're playing right now. They've been playing some great hockey of late. They they, they see another cup. They, they only have Chara for how many more years? Mm-hmm. Bergeron's getting older. That line, I mean, you don't want to waste that line. That's the best line in hockey, if you ask me, at both ends of the ice. Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak. They don't want to waste that era. So I think there's another move, and it might be a big one as well. So uh, it'll be interesting. And I like the move Don Sweeney made. I think this... Charlie Coyle has a lot of upside, and it, maybe it's just a change of color and uniform mm-hmm. that'll help him get He's going. He's a great pickup. Great pickup for that team. He awesome. can change that number three, too, off his back. Yeah, I don't oh. know why he wears that. That's oh. a defenseman's number, it man. Is. Come on now. Uh, um, that's as bad as Anthony Stewart with his uh, goaltending masks and colors of pads and things like that. Or his five hits on the power play. Or his five hits on the power play, <laughs> which is still one of the most remarkable stories. I've been challenged by John Tortorella to get some hits get some hits on the uh, on the power play. I mean, I've, I've said for the past two weeks or so now that uh, like you're you're right marking that i don't think the leafs make a major move i am intrigued by boston because you know it's going to come down to boston and toronto and you know the one thing boston is looking at toronto and saying well one they can be pushed around but two i think the big fear boston would have of toronto is just that the leafs depth is 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 so good and that would indicate to me that they've got to add another forward and and take some ice time maybe not ice time but take a couple of minutes at least away from from bergeron or at least control his minutes a little bit in the playoffs. 
Yeah, well, and and we talk about here in Toronto that, you know, the Leafs should be making trades to prepare for the Bruins. And don't kid yourself, Don Sweeney made this trade mm-hmm. in thinking that they're so strong down the middle that I got I to gotta do something to right. help my centermen. So I think that's a big reason Don Sweeney went out and made this move. And making uh, moves for Boston. I mean, they need a face-off guy. Boston's so tough in the circle. I mean, playing against them for mm-hmm. years, they would just crush you. And, and we've seen what Bergeron's done to Leafs. I mean, John, JT, they're number one center right now. I mean, he's getting crushed in the, in the circle. So they need to maybe trade for like a fourth line guy who can win a lot of draws on his right-handed side. So that'd be a great pickup. It would be. And, and, and you know, you know yourself that on the penalty kill, it's huge. You send a guy out, even if he just takes a draw and then comes right off the ice when you ice it, those are huge seconds you're killing on a power play. Yeah. And um, it, it seems as if, you know, hearing you guys talk, when you look at the talent the Leafs have, it almost seems to waste it if you don't if you don't address that specific issue with the faceoff. It's almost like you're wasting some of the talent you have. And I think we're at the point where you've got to look at. And you look at if they're going to have to. It's very simple. They're going to have to beat Boston. Yeah. This year they're going to have to beat Boston in the playoffs. There's n- nothing else to me matters. And if I'm the Leafs, I'm sitting there and I am literally going through line by line, player by player. What do they have? What do we need? What do they have? What do we need? Well, Mark, you brought up a centerman, right-handed centerman. I think that's 100% right because in Winnipeg last year, we had Matt Hendricks. We could put him out. Mm. Penalty kill didn't matter. And he would go battle hard. The boys loved him. He was a good, gritty role player, good in the room. That's maybe something they need because they do have a young team. And you know how it is that time of year, especially like right now, you're fighting for a playoff spot that last 20 games a year is tough. I mean, you need that guy in the room who's going around getting guys fired up. It's, and it can't always be your number one guys yeah. or – you need that depth guy to come who's played a bunch of years. Uh, it helps. It really does. And I really believe, I think we talked about this, Mark, but I mean, I can remember covering <clears throat> when I was uh, the, at the uh, at the Globe and Mail, I can remember covering a Bruins series against Toronto. And the emphasis, be, because you're playing the same team over and over again in a short period of time, the emphasis you can put on things like face-offs, the video work, you can break everything down. That becomes a huge advantage. Oh, it really if does. If you're seeing the same guy shift after shift, and you're playing, you play, what, five, six games in two weeks, that's a huge, huge advantage. Oh, it is. And and you look at the Bruins, their possession, their time with the puck, it all starts from the face-off. It's no no secret. You know, Bergeron wins 60% of his draws. Kretschy's winning 55% of his draws. So the Bruins are starting with the puck more times than not. And, and they're able to get to their game plan quicker. So it is a huge thing. But I always thought that you need to have a penalty kill, pow- a face-off guy that could win above 60% of his draws mm. because it, it does so much to kill that first icing off the power because we all know the face-off starts in the opposition zone now. So if you can win that face-off on the penalty kill, it goes a long way. Yeah, what are they going to do? Keep putting Gochi out there and Lindholm? I mean, they get hemmed up in their own zone so often. I mean, they yeah. don't get pucks out. So... Yeah, they need a guy like Matt Hendricks or someone like that that can come in and be gritty and win those draws on the penalty kill. Before we move on, I did want to talk about St. Louis a little bit because I'm fascinated with what they're doing now compared to where they were. That first period against Toronto, I mean, I I made notes. They had two shifts in that first period against Toronto where they kept the lease in their own end for a a minute and 20 seconds. Uh, That to me is almost, and, and it kind of scared me because I was thinking back to when Pittsburgh came in here and handled Toronto, how for the next three or four games, you saw teams do exactly what Pittsburgh did. It's like they it's like they shared the tape. And I'm wondering if maybe watching what St. Louis did in that first period of, you know, Washington's had a couple of days to think about how they're going to play the Leafs. 
did 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 St. Louis do something in that period that that teams can continue to do against the Leafs? Like, did they do something different than Arizona did, or was it just a continuation of what Arizona did? Well, they came out hitting, right? They were being mean, physical, and you saw the Leafs kind of back down to the third period and playing the game. You know, there's nothing going to happen in the third period. Usually, it's it's usually just gritty hockey, playing mm-hmm. hard. So. I think it goes back to they need some toughness in that depth depth role and maybe the fourth or third line. Yeah, and I talked to Craig Berube, who I'm friends with in, in St. He's Louis. He's done a great job. And he's done a fabulous job there. And he's realized what he has, though. He doesn't have a fast team. Right. So one of his first thing was, let's get pucks in and cycle. We got big guys. Let's keep the puck low and cycle. And he's not only done that to the Leafs, he's doing that. It seems like old-time hockey, but he's doing that to every team. And he has two other things. He wants to have more shots on goal than the other team and, le- and less against. And he's found a great recipe for success. But they did get... Uh, dominated a bit and I've noticed any team that takes on the Leafs if you want to be successful then get pucks in on their D and cycle them down low because they don't have a lot of grit and, and strength back there to get, get pucks out and in that game they lost a lot of foot races into their own corner yes they, they did they didn't get to well they don't want to be the first guy back right you got a couple guys that are a little bit scared to be in that first guy back well with Babcock's system he always wants you skating into the guy and slowing them down so you're not like skating hard in the corner it's more about getting into his comfort zone and kind of playing him hard and kind of rubbing him out and Playing against them is frustrating because you're like, how do you not call penalties on that? But, I mean, if you play a fast team and Muzzin's trying to come and you sidestep him, now you've got room and space and now you can start a cycle. I mean, there's a lot of pros to that system, but there's a lot of cons too if you're playing slow. Sometimes, it, no, but, I was I was going to say, sometimes I get the impression that with the Leafs, it's almost they're playing they're playing for the tie, get the puck in the corner. They don't want to be the first one in there. The, the idea is let's kind of have a tie going in. Don't want to be the last one, don't want to be the first one. Let's have a tie going. And then it gets back to what I think it was Nick Foligno said early in the year, and, and I don't think he was necessarily being overly critical. He said they've got some guys that they don't like playing with the puck in their own end. They just they just do. Yeah, you know, I, I see that too some nights. But, you know, we can't get up ahead of ourselves. I mean, they have a great record. Mm-hmm. They've had a good season. And we're just picking up on things that they can they can maybe help themselves out. And, you know, the Par Lindholm, Freddie Gauthier experiment. Like, the Par Lindholm experiment, I, this guy hasn't taken any heat all season long. He hasn't really. He's just been a minute killer, really. Mm-hmm. He hasn't, hasn't oh. done much. He's one of Mike Babcock's guys. Mike Babcock basically saw him and brought him in. Right. So there hasn't been anything said about him. But really, there's a guy and a Freddie Gauthier. I like Tyler Ennis. I think he adds some stuff. But those two guys that can be replaced on this roster. Yeah, you rim the puck around, and it's not getting out. It mm-hmm. goes around, and the pinches, and it's in for another minute. It's crazy. And Ennis, to your point, I like him. He was a really good player in Buffalo. He had a little bit of a tough tough spot there in uh, Minnesota, but he's a good hockey player. You give him a role, I mean, let him play. Yeah. Uh, out of the Leafs morning skate today, a little bit of news, I guess. Nazem Kadri will not be playing. Um, Andreas Janssen uh, is playing in the middle. I'm sorry, taking Kadri's spot in the middle of the first power play unit. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And uh, we mentioned the defense pairings before we came on. Um, Muzzin, Dermott, um, and uh, uh, Gardner, Zaitsev, and, of course, Hainsey and uh, Morgan Riley. And that's what I want to talk about when we come back. We'll also give away a pair of tickets to see the Leafs and the Oilers next Wednesday. It's Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Did Bob McCowan just say what I think he said? You can rewind Primetime Sports Podcast when you subscribe at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Now back to Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Off 
offside. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Or onside. My goodness. Whose side are you on? Hey, get off my back. All right, let's go. All right, it is time for offside onside. I'm Lee's morning skate, Jeff Blair, Mark Savard, Sean Mathias. I, I don't know, this is almost like shooting fish in a barrel, although I think we should, as Mark just did, we should remind folks that the Leafs are, in fact, 36-19-4. and four. It's not like they're the worst team in the NHL, so we'll throw that out there. Um, but, God, we got to do something to keep ourselves occupied until the series against Boston. Uh, look, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about um, talking about the Austin Matthews ice time and, and what needs to be done or what should have been done with uh, Nazem Kadri's injury. Um, I mean, the thing that's really kind of gotten my goat even more than than Austin Matthews ice time although I'm going to pay more attention to it now is the love affair with Ron Hainsey and like I Ron Hainsey is a terrific player we all know what he brings to the team and all that but guys you know Muzzin and Riley was working together so well um I just that's what I really have an issue with, with Mike Babcock. I mean, I loved having Muzzin and Riley together. I thought tra- Travis Dermott uh, had, had, had developed with Ron Hainsey. I just thought everything was working, uh, was working so well. And I, you know, maybe there's an analytical reason for it, but I really think that in addition to in- increasing Austin Matthews' ice time, at some point, and we'll see what the Leafs do in a trade, at some point you've got to put Muzzin back with Riley. And and I don't care who plays what side. I'm tired of the left right thing in defense, and 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 that's that's my point of view. That has to be my top pairing going into the playoffs. It does. It it absolutely has to be Muzzin and Riley's my top pairing. Mark, what do you think? I I would agree. You're you're going to play a team like the Bruins, and you're going to face Bergeron's line. You're going to want your you don't want Ron Hainsey out there. No disrespect to him. You don't want guys like Pasternak and Marshawn coming wide on Ron Hainsey. You'd rather Jake Muzzin, who could skate a little bit better than Ron for sure. And I thought when this trade initially happened, I thought my first thought was, okay, great. Hainsey's going to drop down to 15 minutes, mm-hmm. kind of where he should be. And then if they make another trade, Hainsey might be out of the lineup come playoff time. But I guess we were all fooled by Mike Babcock on that one. Yeah. In Florida, we had Brian McCabe and Jovanovski as uh, our two captains there when I was playing there. And they were great in the room, but they didn't play top line minutes. They played with a young player. Jovo was with Gabranson helping him. We went back uh, and talked about how you need guys that have played in playoffs and experience in the room, helping guys this time of year, especially in playoffs. And that's what Hainsey can bring. He can play with Dermot. He can help him out. He can be good in the room, calm. But you need Muzzin, who's a great addition to the team, and you need um, Morgan Riley playing together, I think, because they really were complementing each other really well the first couple games, I thought. Yeah, and I, I think since being moved off that defense pairing, I just don't think Jake Muzzin's been the same player. And... You know, Travis Dermott, look, he's the, there's a lot he has to learn. But I just thought having him and Ron Haynes in the ice, there were games where I thought he was the best player in the ice and they were the best defense pairing. And, I, I again, I don't understand. I can't imagine Morgan Riley went in and said, Mike, I can't play the offside. I, need, I, I just can't. I To me, that's almost like Mike Babcock. It, it's almost working so well that I got to send the message to the general manager that I want another right-hand shooting defense. And so I'm going to break it up anyhow just to send the message. That's the sense I got, which you know, even more, I, I think that's less defensible than Austin, than Austin Matthews' ice time. I mean, if you could say that's coach's prerogative with the ice time and all that, but, man, I just don't see 
I don't see messing up that uh, two defense pairings that were working so well. I don't either. And and the other thing that goes a long way too is you don't think that Kyle Dubas brought uh, Jake Muzzin in here to play 17, 18 minutes a night. And there's another guy that he's stuck in that 17, 18 minutes mm-hmm. a night zone where he should be playing 20 to 22, 24, along with Riley. I would have that pair out there a ton more, especially against teams' top lines, and we've yet to see that, really, except for when he first came over. Do you uh, like Janssen going into the uh, Kadri's slot in the first power play nope. unit? Not really. I think there's another opportunity to get William Nylander some more mm-hmm. time, some some top power play time, get his stats, inflate his stats a bit, make him feel better about himself moving on forward. But, I, yeah, I don't really understand that, that decision. Why would I don't you- understand it, bro! Why would you put a left-handed shot there again? Why not try a right-handed shot? I don't get why you don't try Nylander there. Marner, give it to JT. He's got an option there with a right-handed one-timer shot. I mean, they just... Matthews isn't going to pass. He's a shooter. He wants to get Mm -hmm. the puck and shoot. And if he is passing, he's usually looking for Marner so he can get that uh, cross-ice pass. I mean, I killed penalties. And, I mean, Mark, you were on the power play running the half wall. I mean, you want that right-handed shot to give you an option, I would think. And as a penalty killer, it makes it a lot harder... It gives you one more option to worry about. It confuses the D-men, and it opens up a lot of holes. But they have a left-handed shot there, and it's not a quick-release shot. So I don't like it. That's that's the biggest thing about this Toronto Maple Leafs power play. It, run, it has run hot at the beginning of the year, and let's not kid ourselves. It worked out great. But now, like you're saying... There's no quick shots out there. There's mm. everybody has to stop it to shoot it. So it, it enables the, the 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 defense team, the, the the penalty kill, to react quicker and be there on shots, have sticks and lanes. That's why Austin Matthews not getting that shot off anymore. And that's why I I said many a times, switch those two guys over the odd time, get Matthews over here because when Marner's on the other side, he's looking at Riley as a one timer. He's looking at Kadri as a one timer. He's looking at Matthews as a one timer. JT can even go back door as a one timer. So he's got different options, not just to stop it and dust it off and shoot it, because that's all they can do right now. And if you move Nylander in the slot, that at least gives him one one-timer look. Yeah, see, and, and that one of the reasons I liked having Muzzin out there in the power play as well, because he did. He he was not afraid to take the one-timer. That's, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's part of his game. Uh, but anyhow, so at least in the morning skate today, uh, Janssen was on the first power play unit. We'll see what happens tonight when they uh, when they face the, uh, the, the Capitals. Um at the, uh, at the Scotiabank Arena. Um, just looking at Alexander Ovechkin, 42 goals. He's going he's gonna to be, I think he's on the verge of becoming the old. He could become the oldest player to score 50 goals, I think, since Phil Esposito or something like that. Um, his game, certainly. After, after watching him, I have to admit, after watching him celebrate in the summer, guys, I didn't know what I was going to get from Alex Ovechkin this year. Um, I thought he'd be... Once the playoffs rolled around, he'd be fine. But I didn't think he'd have 42 goals at this time. I just didn't. I wonder if he'll get to 800. That'd be... He could do it. He can't Somebody did the can. numbers. He's got... He's got a... What does he need? He's 236 to, to beat Gretzky. He's got a real opportunity. If if he can get... He, these two next years, this year and next year, I think he's got to get, you know, at least 55 yeah. to, to have the real legitimate shot. But there's no... How can you not be a fan of Alex Ovechkin? Especially... Especially the way he celebrated last year, like you said. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he brought everybody in into his house basically, and it, it was a party for the for the Washington Capitals. It was great for the game to see everyone celebrating like that. Like I mean, remember they were in the water fountains. Oh, that's and, the best yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he he. And as I said, I thought this is a guy who was really gonna. He's always had a target on his back. I get that, but I thought this year in particular he would. Um, and again, forty-two goals, twenty-seven assists. Um, but look at their power play. 
Look at how they pass around. Look at all the right-handed shots and all the shot options. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the quick shots. Yeah. I mean, you got Oshi was the best pickup for them. Great, great. Adding pickup. him in the middle, and now you got Janssen. He's a left-hand shot. You got Oshi with a right-hand shot. And where does everything come from? Backstrom, mm-hmm. where Marner's playing as a right-handed yeah. shot, and you got uh, yeah, it's definitely so tonight a you'll see. Like, tonight you'll see you'll see what we're, what we're talking about. You'll see Backstrom on his half wall. You'll see Kuznetsov down low, and then they have Oshi in the slot one timer. Ovi on the back door, one-timer, and Carlson at the top, one-timer. So he's looking at three right-hand shots, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he has Kuznetsov down low to do whatever. So they're the well, they're the they're probably the toughest power play to stop because you know it's getting Ovi at some point, but you just don't know how to cover it. Yeah, they've had they've had kind of an interesting year. I mean, they went, I think, between – we had uh, Joe Beninati on. I think they went between December 11th to Monday without multiple power play goals in a game. They had two against uh, two against the Kings. The game had something like forty faceoffs, and they only won. They only won thirteen of them. <laughs> They're um, they've had issues in the faceoff circle. See, they miss Beagle. That's he, that's exactly what Ben and Addy said. Oh, that's, he, that's exactly what he said. You know, uh, it's a great team, but he said they don't have that commodity that Beagle that Beagle gave them, and and not just winning the faceoffs, but tenacious when you lose a faceoff and getting right at it. There could be a guy right too. You know, if you need a late pickup, the Leafs could look to him. He's a Stanley Cup winner last year. He's making year. too much, though. Is he making yeah, a lot he's now? Making like three, oh, three and a okay, half. Okay, yeah. Well, he's on like a four-year deal. Okay, three or four years. Good for him, though. He earned yeah, it. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of tickets to give away to see the Leafs and Oilers uh, next Wednesday at Scotiabank Arena. Does anybody uh, want to see the Oilers <laughs> anymore? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I what know McDavid's coming, but oh. Hey, Arizona and the Oilers. The oh, other night. with no McDavid. <laughs> yeah, with no uh, McDavid. Yeah, could you imagine that? And, uh, Did you see n- the sign? There was a sign of a kid who was like, I drove five hours. I to saw come that, here. yeah. And he's sick. It's like, oh, <laughs> drove all the way there to see McDavid. And he's not showing up. Yeah, it was one of those signs I paid this, this, this. And then, and then the, and I was watching the, uh, the highlights. And now it just said, well, too bad, kid. He was sick. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. Uh, give him a break. Uh, we've got a pair of tickets to give away to see the Oilers and the Leafs Wednesday at Scotiabank Arena. We'll give them away to the seventh caller through at 416-870-0590, star 590 Seventh caller through gets a shot at a pair of tickets to see the uh, Leafs and the Oilers on uh, Wednesday, or basically to see the Leafs and Connor McDavid uh, on Wednesday. Um, slow starts. I, I had someone ask me this question uh on the text line the other day and and this is good i'm gonna get getting two guys in here uh two guys who played the game somebody asked a question about the slow starts that we saw against st louis and the the start against arizona that continued that continued throughout the game is it too simple to to look at a team when it has slow starts and say it's on the coach or it's on the players you know like i could because i know one of the things they say in baseball when a team gets off to a crappy start Early in the season, quite often it's on the manager because the managers, you know, they've just had spring training. He's gotten the guys ready, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know about hockey, though. Sean, is it it uh, slow starts? Is that the players? Is that the coach? This time of year, you're practicing less. You have a lot more days off. So I think it's this time of year, it's more on the player to be mm-hmm. prepared for the game with a good warm-up, make sure he's doing, getting his rest, eating well. At the beginning of the season, I think it's more on the coaches. He's trying to get your legs back, right? You're going into camp. It's a different pace, always keeping them at a game pace. But this time of year, you're you're more worried about rest and recovery, and the players need to take that responsibility. Yeah, you know, I have to agree. It, it comes down to the players being ready every night, and I know it's tough. There's a grind time of year, and, and they're kind of going through it right now, so it's tough to to be ready to go every night. It's a long season, 82 games, a lot of travel. 
Uh, you know, they're back tonight from a road trip, you know, so it'll be interesting. And they haven't played the greatest at home mm-hmm. or started at, at the greatest at home of late, uh, not of late, most of the year. So it'll be interesting tonight. But I think Mike Babcock's going to need to come in with some good words of wisdom tonight to get him going. It always helps when a coach can come in and give you, you don't have to, you know, necessarily wait for it, but it always helps when a coach can come in and give a good of a speech, you know, to get your guys ready for the first. Is there, um, is there something a coach can do tactically? If a team is having slow starts, change the way he uses his lines. I, I don't know. Double shift guys. If somebody's going well, double shift guys early. Maybe you can do what Nashville did. Uh, Peter Laviolette put a horse head on or something. <laughs> <in the laughs> interviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I heard a good story about him once he went naked in front of the whole team. Oh. He's like, I'm showing you what I got. Yeah. <laughs> now you guys show me what you got. <laughs> Jesus. Before That's game? going deep. <laughs> that is going deep. But uh, too deep. You know, a lot of teams sometimes will, will start their fourth line, their energy guys sometimes, you know, go out and get some hits. That could always help or. Or what Mike Babcock would never do, maybe throw Tavares on left wing with Matthews and Marner mm-hmm. to start a game. Something like that just to shake things up to to change the look of, of, a, of a team. But it, it's, it's got to be something that and players are aware of that, right? You're aware if you're having, a, if you have had a run of slow starts. Like, I, I would think, Sean, players are pretty aware of that, especially when it, when it get to a point where we've had it happen a couple of days in a row or something like that. Well, Winnipeg, he would start his third. Paul Maurice would start his third line all the time for some energy, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Mark. But who's going to provide that energy with Toronto? They, I don't think their fourth line is a line that can really go out at the beginning yeah. of the, the game and go bang and crash. Too That's much. something people would talk about. You're getting it goes back to needing that player, that yeah. third, fourth line role player who plays hard, right hand shot, like you mentioned, Mark. And uh, yeah, they're definitely missing some uh, death parts. Yeah, I agree. You can't, you can't, you can't throw Parlin home, Freddie Gochi and, and, and Ennis out there and expect to get some energy and some bumps early. You're right. They don't really have that, but they could mix up a trio and, and put your, you know, your big guns out early to start a game. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Capitals again and bring it back to that. Uh, again, this is a team that went in a deep run last year. Um, you know, celebrated hard. They went in a deep run as well in the off season. How important is it guys get, getting that, having that playoff experience under your belt, whether it's, and, and, and I guess what I'm thinking of is in particular, the Leafs have got, with the exception of what Muzzin and, and Hainsey, they don't have a lot of guys who've had to play two series, you know, let alone go all the way through to win the Stanley cup. How important is it to a team when you get that, that, that first run of, you know, yeah, we went two or three series deep in the postseason. Do you really learn something about yourself from that? Yeah. I've always been an advocate that you got to, you know, you lose, you learn to lose, and then you, and then you can win. So, and the Leafs have done that against the Bruins. Obviously, mm-hmm. we all know that. So, they are ready to take that next step. They've had their upsetting defeats. They know how it is under pressure. They got in a game. They got to Game Seven last year, which I don't think anybody thought they would have either, because they won a couple back to back to get them there. So, they've learned a lot through this stage, and I think it only can better them moving down the road. I think they got to get through the first round this year to really help this team progress for down in the future. Because I don't think this is your, their year that they're going to win it, mm-hmm. but I think they definitely got to make that step to try and get through that first round. So for the next upcoming seasons, you got guys like Matthews getting that experience and and feeling it out. Uh, what the second round, maybe third round feels like, like a team like Blackhawks. That's what they did before they went on all their runs. They were always so close. Yeah, you know it's funny. I remember was thinking back as you guys were talking. I had a, Bizarre conversation with Mike Green. I don't know how many years ago it was. I was in Washington doing a story in the Capitals. He was still there. And he was talking about the... Somehow we started talking about your first playoff. And he, and he he was just talking about the first long playoff, how 
you know, all the veterans tell you you got to do this, but he said, man, until you actually have to figure out, it gets to the point where you're figuring out, how am I going to eat? Have I got enough sleep? How am I going to do this? How am I going to get to the arena? When I'm going to get the arena? He said the learning experience for him was simply just figuring out how to live, like how to exist during that, yeah, during it's the playoffs. A, it's a like, grind. It's a grind. I don't think people sure. realize that, do they? Just no. how much. It's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Exactly. And there's so much stuff behind the scenes that's going on. There's injuries all the time. And you're dealing with all kinds of stuff that that, that happens even before the, the pucks drop. So, and, and to your point, I mean, I was with the Boston Bruins and we won the playoff series, the first series, three times. And it took us a while. We, we went through um, Buffalo one year and we played Carolina. Mm-hmm. We lost them in game seven at home. We went through Montreal. We made played Philly. We won the first three games. They came back and beat us in seven. And then we went on and won the cup. So there's a lot of things that could happen. But like Sean said, you got to get through the first round so these guys can live a little and, and, and you know, get to that second step and hopefully the third this year and, and, and get a real feel what it's, it's going to be all about. A lot of teams in playoffs too will give uh, the home team will get hotel rooms for their team. Mm-hmm. So now you got and you might think that's a good thing. You're like, oh, okay, I'm getting more rest because I got a baby at home that's crying or something. Mm-hmm. But you know that changes up your whole routine as well. Now you're trying to do the right things, but like you said, you might be getting in your head and just changing up way too much that and getting away from the successfulness that you've had throughout the year. Yeah, it's um, as I said, I, and I, you know, with the reason we started talking about this is the uh, Capitals were at. Uh, we're at the Hockey Hall of Fame yesterday, and it was it was just kind of some of the things that you heard the players say. It was almost as if there's a realization that you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, you realize now, yeah, winning the cup really is special. Like it's great we knew that, but now you realize that you're really a part of you're you're really a part of uh, a part of history, and it kind of brings the uh, kind of brings the whole thing into even greater perspective. Uh, I want to congratulate Daryl Taylor in Lafoy. Is that the correct Lafroy, Ontario? Uh, you've won a pair of tickets to see the Leafs and Oilers on Wednesday. And uh, next Wednesday, you can tune in from 3 to 4 p.m. tomorrow for another Leafs ticket giveaway during Leafs Hour with uh, Good Show. And you can visit sportsnet.ca slash 590 for our full contest rules. All right, we mentioned the Capitals in your town tonight to play the Leafs. 7 o'clock on Sportsnet 590. The fan, you'll be doing Leafs Nation postgame, I do believe, with Mr. I'm St- at the game tonight. With Mr. Stelic. Pre- postgame, yeah. There you go. Um, okay, everything we've talked about here, what are you looking for in the first period of this game tonight? Well, I'm going to go with Mike Babcock's famous line, start on time. You know, it would be nice to see them start on time, but they should be excited to be back home playing the Capitals, playing Ovechkin. It should be an exciting night, and I'd love to see the fans get into it. They sit on their hands so much early on especially. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to see them get a goal in the first and and really, at the end of the day, I want to see the big guns play play a lot of hockey tonight everything mark said just energy energy in the building energy on the ice and coming out hot i mean they need to get some hits and some bangs because and just silence uh what everyone's asking about be tough play hard for one another and uh get the crowd going who's the guy who's going to come out and bang anybody in this team well you know wilson's going to be <laughs> well yeah well, tonight, wilson, so um, someone yeah there, there will be there will be someone who'll have to this would be a this would be a good night i might want jake muzzin out there in the first on the first shift um, but I don't think Jake Muzzin's going to do much to Wilson to get him off his game. No, but just somebody I'm, – I'm trying to figure who in this team I'd throw out to – They don't have anyone to go don't. after Wilson. Yeah. They really don't. No one. When everyone would say Kadri, oh, Kadri. Like, Kadri's not going to fight Wilson. No. Wilson would tear him apart. And I love and I love what uh, Hyman's been able to do and act as that guy, mm-hmm. but – 
you don't want to act against like that guy against uh, Wilson. Wilson tonight. <laughs> no, that's not going to work. Guys, thanks so much for doing this. Again, uh, 7 o'clock tonight, Capitals and the Leafs on Sportsnet 590. The fan, Mark Savard, will be on following the game with Leafs Nation uh, postgame with Gord Stellick. That's it for us. Have a great day, everybody.